notes because I already repented yesterday. I, I had to do that before the sun went down, before I went to bed. So I thank God that He forgives us. And, um, you know, I'm just being open about it. Amen. But I was going to tell you yesterday morning, Jamie comes through our curtain where he's working, and he started singing, Oh, Happy Day. Well, I was working with Miss Jamie. She's 75. And everybody's 75 in here. <laughs> 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 That's another joke. What? No, it's not a joke. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we couldn't stop singing. Oh, Happy Day. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus washed my sins away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank God for that. It just yeah. stayed with us all day and we was home all day and we was just having a good old time working. Amen. Yeah, so I just want to say praise. Amen. Any other? Go ahead. Go ahead. Karen wants us to pray for She's under the weather. Right. Um, uh, is her last name Burnt? Martin. Karen. Martin. Martin. We, uh, I told Brian, Brian's going to tell uh, Robin, we're going to get her put on the prayer list. Karen Martin, um, she's having some, I, I, to be honest with you, it sounds like she's got the bug that's been going around uh, that kids have had and all, you know, and so uh, it can last 24 to 48 hours, so just uh, keep her in your prayer. Um, I want to thank you and her for for uh, singing um, Sunday um, and playing. Uh, it was a blessing. Uh, God was speaking to us all uh, all day uh, and, and we just thank you and you convey that to her too please well, and, and praise the Lord for the opportunity yes ma'am yes ma'am um, are there any other go ahead continue prayer requests for Edward Gray uh, Roger's first cousin's okay. father okay um, he is getting along well. He's up and moving in PT after having this good-sized mm-hmm. brain tumor. Right. Um, but it's agitated a lot right. and is taking it out on the right. So they're uh, asking us for prayers. Okay. Um, any others? Uh, a lady named Jennifer. Her father's name is Larry. What's his father's name? I think his name is Larry. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, Jennifer, we need to pray for her and pray for her family. Um, a lot of issues there, and, and God is good. Um, also, uh, uh, be in prayer for uh, our country. Uh, with everything that, that, that's going on, uh, uh, pray that our elected representatives will seek the wisdom of God. Uh, and that God will cause them to bend their knees uh, before Him. Um, pray for our state. Pray for our county. Uh, pray for our congregation. Uh, we're we're growing uh, spiritually, leaps and bounds. We're we're growing physically in, in ministry. Uh, we're doing some ministry that we have never done before. Uh, we're looking at doing some ministry that we've never done before. Uh, and, and, and God's hand is on that uh, and so uh, be in prayer about that uh, also uh, um, be in prayer for the lost uh, there is a deep 
need for people who are lost. Uh, there's a deep need to pray that the Holy Spirit will go before us and that the Holy Spirit will will work and make us available of those who are needing uh, to be harvested that we can be the workers in the field. Um, any other praise and prayer requests? Go ahead. Israel is under attack mm -hmm. and it appears that Israel is all alone. Should that surprise us? Probably not. But Israel is going alone right now. And it's the size of New Jersey. And there's a lot of nations that are coming down on it. And they're just uh, having free will at throwing bombs. And when you look at the map of Israel, where the bombs are landing has lit up every square inch of that property. We need to pray for her. Israel has uh, God's hands on Israel. Um, I think I've seen where there were what, five people out of all the rockets, only five Israelis have died. Um, over 130 rockets uh, last night. Um, and it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. Um, unfortunately, our uh, administration is sending mixed signals um, and so that emboldened the, the Palestinians and so anyway we are where we are today because of that now uh, pray for Israel pray for Israel um, we also uh, we need to pray for North Carolina um, we are fixing one of the cities in North Carolina is fixing to receive uh, 800 of the abandoned children from the border and so we need to be praying about that uh, and so uh, be in prayer that that city will be prepared to care for those kids uh, any other praises prayer requests um, this week has been a wonderful week been a busy week. Uh, I have done a lot of ministry this week, um, and, and so uh, we're, we're very fortunate. Uh, people are reaching out to us, and they're finding us on the internet, and they're praying, and God is guiding them to talk to us. Uh, and so I'm just going to just tell you straight up: if you're a deacon. Be prepared to answer the telephone. Somebody's going to call you and they're going to talk to you and ask you if it's okay to talk to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but they're going to call you first to make sure it's okay. Uh, and that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's what we do. Uh, you guys are, are an extension uh, of the pastor. So I want to thank you for being prepared and for being diligent. Uh, remember, your names are on the website too and your phone number. So, uh, thank you. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Uh, if you'll hear any background noise, uh, for those of you who are watching, uh, our youth are in the fellowship hall and they range from four up. 
And so uh, when you hear little squeals and squalls, that's fantastic. That means we have children here on a Wednesday night. Uh, precious are the voices of the little ones. Any other? Anything? All right. There's not. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to, to allow us to honor you. Those that are on the prayer list, Lord, we just lift them up to you. Uh, those who are under the weather, uh, Lord, with this changing weather, we just ask you to, to gird them up, heal them, and get them back out and about so that they can be and do what you've called them to do. Lord, we thank you for being able to, to offer you to all of those who are seeking Lord, we ask you to continue to allow them to reach out to us. Lord, we ask you to continue to give us the proper counsel and the proper words to say to those who are seeking. God, we love you. We owe you everything. You paid a precious price for us. Lord, we ask you to open up your word to us so that we can apply it to our lives and walk it out so people in the world can see you through our lives. Lord, we love you. We ask you to forgive us of our shortcomings, but we ask you to just open this up and fill this place with your spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Alright, we are going to start in the fantastic chapter 12 uh, of Matthew. Um, we're going to, uh, I'm going to read a few verses and then we'll go from there. Uh, if you have a Bible that is broke down in sections, uh, 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 this is a, a controversy over the Sabbath labor uh, is the first little section, and it runs from verse 1 to verse 8 of chapter 12. And so I'll go ahead and read it, and I'm going to be reading from the New King James tonight. So uh, here it goes. It says, it says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, uh, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law uh, that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and, and are blameless? Uh, yet I say to you that uh, in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, uh, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, he is firing up the Pharisees. And it gets, it gets this, this first eight verses gets pretty deep. And we can plow pretty much as deep as you want to plow right here. Uh, it'll probably take us a while to get through chapter 12. Uh, but his disciples were hungry. And what do we learn from that? As they were walking through, walking through the, the fields, the grain fields, his disciples were plucking heads and they were eating. What does that tell you? 
If you go back to Deuteronomy and you read, the outskirts of the field were planted so that the poor could eat. So if the disciples were walking through the grain field, through the edges of the grain field, and they were plucking heads of grain and eating it, that tells you they were poor. Jesus performed miraculous signs and miraculous things. He fed over 5,000 people, yet He did not provide for Himself or His disciples. They were poor. They did like the poor did at the time. Yeah. We'll see that in Ruth, yeah. uh, where uh, you know Ruth came to the field of Boaz. Mm-hmm. So they actually Boaz says, "Do not pick from the edges of the field." And and actually, he said, "Throw some grain on the ground for her, some mm-hmm. some stalks." Right. Not not the kind that would be free grain, but just the stalks of grain, so she could harvest those herself. There was dignity in that. I'm going to divest a little bit because it said the Sabbath. Uh, right. Jesus is at a point here in this chapter 12 which he's finishing up the challenges that are coming up against his authority which he's trying to lay down. And, and here the Pharisees have asked a question, um, is it lawful? Um, and so, on the Sabbath, what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is the seventh day. There was no commandment when Jesus laid down the seventh day initially, or where I should say is where God laid down, He rested on the seventh day. There was no commandment at that time. Later, there was a commandment, but it was not a moral commandment to follow the moral code of the law. It was a ceremonial law. In fact, it's left out of the New Testament altogether to obey the Sabbath. It was the seventh day. The seventh day was important to rest. And God wanted them to rest. He commanded it, and they did it. But now the Pharisees have added some ritual to it, Mm -hmm. some, some legalism to it, some legalistic thing. Not the intent of the law, like Jesus is bringing out here, Wait a minute. David went in. He was hungry. And the guy that had the showbread yep. gave him the old one, not the new one. Mm-hmm. They had that as a reserve for the priest. So the priest shared his food, essentially, mm-hmm. with David. Right. And then, and then the priests were working on that day, just yep. like you said. It, it was working on that right. day. So the Sabbath here was a day for respecting God. Right. And and a day of rest later. Yeah. The first day of the week. Not the last day like the Sabbath. Right. The first day of the week, there would be the Lord's Day. That one we should honor. Right. But there's no... You do not have to. You do it out of the love of your heart to go to church. So when you're asked, why do I have to go to church? You don't have to go to church. That's right. Doesn't say you are commanded to go. You do it out of love of your heart. Things are changing here. This is a paradigm shift. Jesus is coming. What? Mm -hmm. They say the Jews did not fulfill Abraham's twelve three blessing to all the nations. Mm -hmm. He didn't fill. Oh yeah, yeah, did. It was one guy in the nation of Israel. That was Jesus. Fulfilled the whole promise of God 
to all the nations. You'll hear the nations in this. I'll kind of stop there and let it. But uh, I did want to say one more thing. He came back to what is this? Actually, a couple things he said about that that the, the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It, he what he he went on to say. Yeah, back up a minute yeah. here because we don't want to forget that piece of it. Um, he he said that David went through it, and when he was hungry, and the command and the companions were mm-hmm. hungry. The right. priests. Right. And there was one more. Or have uh, you not? Oh, the temple. The temple. Yeah. Jesus is here. Is the temple, and that's the point. Right. Jesus has come. And now he is God. Right. So there's three things here. He gives them three answers for this this question of theirs. It's not lawful. He, he and here God is standing in front of them. Right. He's trying. He's trying to get them to understand. Well, let me put it to you like this: the rabbis had come up with a whole list of do's and don'ts. Now you go back to Deuteronomy 23:25, and it tells you what what's lawful on the Sabbath and what's not. That's the start of it. But they come up with a whole lot of do's and don'ts that are uh, that are relevant to the Sabbath. And this this violated several items that they had. You know, that they because they were nitpicking. Alright? And, and, and so we find out, you know, that uh, that their, the followers of Jesus were poor, that he never, uh, even though he had miraculous power, he didn't use that power uh for his own followers or even for himself. Uh, the next thing, and Spurgeon was the one that brought that out. The, but the law of Israel allowed people traveling through an area to glean enough grain for a small meal from fields in the area. Farmers were commanded to not completely harvest all of their crop and to leave a little behind for the sake of the travelers and the poor. Then in Matthew, and Matthew just quoted Jesus Offering us an easy yoke and a light burden. Now, he shows us the kind of a heavy burden that the law of man puts on us. You remember, he just told him, he said, take up my yoke, it is light, my burden is light. And so here you go. He hadn't hardly said it all, and, and, and they're going through there. And so his disciples start to pluck the grains, the heads of grain, and in the eyes of the religious leader, they were guilty of four things. Reaping, thrashing, winnowing, and preparing food. Now, uh, that represented, by them doing that, represented four violations. In one mouthful. But the thing that they forgot, the thing that they forgot, they were guilty of the Sabbath because they were watching and looking out over Jesus and his disciples. They were they had to be following him, which was illegal for them to travel on the Sabbath. You know, it, it, have you ever noticed that when somebody is accusing somebody of something, usually they're guilty. Or when one person really hates something that somebody does, they do it. Or have been doing it. You know, so here you have, you know, the, the great example. They're pointing one finger at Jesus and got three pointing back at him. You know, so... Uh, and, and he's trying to tell them you're missing the point. He tells them, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, you're going you're gonna to argue the Sabbath with me and I'm the one that instituted it. Yeah, and then he tells them, hey, yeah. know what the meaning of the Scripture is. Yeah. I want you to show mercy yeah. That's right. and not sacrifice. Yeah. 
You know, they were Judaism was filled with a lot of rituals and a lot of superstition. They were so superstitious. Now, this thing. They were so superstitious that they would not defend themselves on the Sabbath. How do you think that Pompey and some of these other ones, Nebuchadnezzar and all, were able to triumph over Israel? Because they wouldn't fight on the Sabbath because they were so afraid that they were going to violate God's law that they didn't even defend themselves. But yet, if their cow or their donkey fell in the ditch, they'd go winch him out. It had to be put in monetary terms for them to understand it. Today, we have to put things in monetary terms for people to understand. Think about this. From the, from the poorest people in the land of Israel to the kings and the richest people in the country, every one of them understood monetary value. Today, in the United States, Everyone understands monetary value. Most folks are going to ask you when you do something for them, what is it going to cost me? And yet what Jesus was offering them was completely free and trying to change their attitude, trying to change their mindset, and it was they were so locked in to them being righteous, or let me rephrase, they were so locked into them being themselves being self-righteous that they couldn't hear anything else. And just to add on to uh, what I mentioned right. earlier, um, that the Sabbath um, was not necessary to be observed, so to speak. Um, it's actually, Paul states it in Colossians 2.16 that Christians cannot be condemned for failing to keep it. Mm -hmm. So this condemnation and the mercy, mm -hmm. the mercy thing, hang on to this mercy word. Right. Just like the yoke preceded this heavy burden of the Pharisees that was coming, Jesus prefaces this next section with have mercy rather than sacrifice. And so look what happens next. Yep. What is going to happen next? Do the Pharisees continue to escalate this, this uh, antagonism, this argument? Right. Or are they going to repent? John the Baptist has said, repent. He mentioned the winnowing right. and the throwing into the fire. Mm -hmm. And these guys are coming right close to the chap here. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that John the Baptist was to prepare the way. He was to show, and Fruchtenbaum says this, he's a Jewish, uh, Jewish historian and theological writer. He, and he, he says that John the Baptist is preparing the way as he goes so that when Jesus comes, they will receive him. Mm -hmm. And they're all, all excited about John the Baptist during the time he's coming. And when the Messiah comes, mm -hmm. he's totally explained to, totally delineated to the Pharisees, the rulers, and the people. But keep in mind, 
uh, and I'll kind of bring this to a little bit of a close here. Right. My concept is the people were waiting for the Pharisees to say he's the Messiah. Right. They were hesitant. They were followers. They were little sheep. Right. And they were trying to wait until the leadership would say he's, he is the man that we're looking for. Look at the scriptural um, fulfillments as Matthew's laying out here and he'll have one of the longest fulfillment statements out of the LLX Old Testament coming up here that actually's written out for us in this chapter. But he is saying these are fulfillments mm-hmm. and the Pharisees are are ignoring it. Right. They're not pointing to him. They're not saying but you'll hear in the same chapter here is he the son of David? Yeah. So this showing well, it's coming here. through. Oh yeah, it's it's showing through. And see, here's another thing that we need to, we need to make sure we put. Jesus never broke God's law. He never violated God's command or the Sabbath or the Sabbath. But what he did do was he stomped all over man's rules. He broke them, and it almost seemed like he was breaking them on purpose. And he walked to get them to see. And uh, and the Pharisees, like I said, they didn't they didn't think about the fact that that they had violated it because they had set up watch working over his disciples and accusing them, you know. Uh, and so the other thing is is that uh, uh, we need sometimes to break some human traditions and some human additions that have been added to to the gospel. And there's a lot out there. And, and I don't care what denomination you're in, uh, they're there. And so we need to make sure that if they're not right and if they're not corresponding with with the Word of God, that we do away with them. You know, as, as, as long held as they may have been. You know, something can be wrong and can be practiced for a thousand years still don't make it right. But that's what he's telling. You know, he's trying to tell them, look, I wrote the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath. He tells them, he said, one greater than the temple is here. He told them with that statement that he was God incarnate. And it flew over their heads. Because at this time, their response, not one of them says he's blasphemy. That part just zoomed right over their head. And you know, it was like a flight cleared for takeoff. Uh, and so, and then, you know, and then it goes on to say, uh, and so Jesus starts defending his disciples, and, and you know, and that's when he tells them, you know, one greater than the temple is here. You know, and so, uh, and he said, mercy, I require mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. David's people got that bread and yet the priests were guiltless and the blameless. And David was blameless. So, you know, the this incident with David uh, was a valid defense uh, because it was a, a case of eating. Necessity. It probably happened on the Sabbath. But it concerned 
not only David, but David's followers. We have an example of what Christ was doing and his disciples going through the field with David and his followers in the showbread. It's nothing new. It's happened before. They didn't kill David. They didn't kill his followers. They, they didn't condemn him. You know, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. That's what he said. Look, they, they did this. Wasn't for them to do, but what did they do? They fed the hungry. Somebody comes and knocks on your door. What do you do? Feed them, clothe them, shelter them. That's what he's talking about. And, and can you imagine? It, 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 the, when you read about this and some of the things that were going on at the time, the only person that could tie a knot on the Sabbath was a woman. She could not tie a knot, but the only knot that she could tie was to her girdle. Nobody could tie a knot to a bucket and draw water. But she could tie a knot in her girdle to a bucket and tie the girdle to the rope and draw water on the Sabbath. That's the only way it was legal. How, what, how ridiculous. How ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's a great thing that they didn't have tennis shoes or boots. They couldn't tie them. It's a great thing you didn't have a harness on your horse or a bridle or, 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 or a, a halter. You couldn't tie it. The only way you could tie that, that rope was to already have a, a, a knot on it or a loop in it so that it, so if a donkey fell in the well or whatever, you could drag them out. But you couldn't tie a knot to do that. It's, that's the most ridiculous thing. Whoever heard of such? They were really nitpicking. Yes, they were nitpicking. Picking at the law. And Jesus yes. took him out to the 150,000 foot mark. Yep. He said, without saying it, yep. remember there was 400 years of silence. Mm -hmm. There was no God in the temple. The, the cloud hovered above the temple before it left. I can't remember the scripture on that. You know, and... It left. Yeah. Now here's what is happening. Jesus says someone greater than the building, the temple itself, is here. In other words, God has filled that temple. Filled it with Jesus Christ. Yeah. God Himself right. is now back in the temple. Here's, it, it, this is a big, right. big change after 400 right. years of silence. And, and when the Pharisees, you know, when He told them that the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath, yet they're blameless. Listen, let me tell you what happened on the Sabbath. Uh, the temple ritual always involved kindling the fire. <laughs> you know, uh, it always involved the slaughter and the preparation of animals. This was on, on Saturday. And keeping the money. Exactly right. That's right. And, and, uh, uh, and lifting of them onto the altar and a host of other things. This work was actually doubled on the Sabbath. Uh, for on the Sabbath, the offerings were doubled. So, these guys, you know, they were, they were touching dead carcasses of animals in the temple. On the altar. You know, they were shedding blood on the Sabbath. And it said, uh, 
You know, when you get to read that, he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And that's coming from Hosea 6 6. You know, so he's he's popping he's popping gemstones. Gemstones at him. That's exactly right. He's throwing it at it. Said, and the Pharisees' lack of understanding of this principle uh, was also why they questioned Jesus. That's why they questioned because they had a lack of understanding. You know, uh, and so the circumstances here seem to be a, a complete dynamic opposite of what God required. You know, He required mercy, they required sacrifice. He required showing people mercy. They required penance. They wanted it right now. Um, there was no room to make the adjustments. If you were found guilty, you were going to be guilty forever. You could not redeem yourself. You could not be redeemed unless you paid an exorbitant price. It always come down to monetary sacrifices. Those sheep, those cows, those doves, those cost that family something. That's, their, that's where their livelihood comes from. From the livestock. That's where their subsistence comes from. It cost them grain. It cost them oil. It cost them barley. It cost them animals. It cost them everything. A portion of everything they had. If they had silk, it cost them silk. If they had garments, it cost them garments. That's what it cost. And all those riches were flooding into the temple. You notice that in no matter what movie you look at as a portrayal of the time of Jesus, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes are always the most well-dressed people. That was their livelihood. They were skimming. They were corrupt. There's a lot going on here. Uh, a lot. And he told him, he said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I am Lord of the Sabbath. And yet, we read in the verses, they don't respond to the Lord of the Sabbath remark. You know, it's just it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, he, he requires meekness. He requires a lot of things, you know. Uh, and so now we're going to move over into a new section. Uh, in verse 9. The controversy over Sabbath healing. It just stacks up. Yeah. I mean, he, he's on a roll that, that, that Saturday. He's going to break a bunch of them. Uh, and so it says, and on verse 9 it says, Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and beheld, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, uh, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they might, that they might accuse him. Uh, then he said, in verse 11, said, Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value than this man than a sheep? 
Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand, and it was restored as whole as the other. And so you go to verse 14. They're already plotting. Well, we're going to finish. Let's, let's talk about these few verses right here. Uh, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Of course it is. Because Jesus turns it around. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? If you're sheep, if you're mule, if you're donkey, if you're chicken, your ox falls or stuck, won't you pull it out on the Sabbath? Absolutely. And how much more worth is this man or a man versus those animals? If you remember, we go back, he said not a sparrow falls for the Father does not know. And how many dead hairs are on your head? How many hairs are on your head? They're numbered. The Father holds those numbers of every person in the world. How many hairs are on their head? Some of y'all got six. The rest of us, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that Jesus is doing, not, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. Jesus is, is, is walking into their synagogue right. mm-hmm. and they have this man in their synagogue. Why haven't they brought him on Friday mm-hmm. to Jesus. Right. What have they done for this man? Better yet, why haven't they healed him? Yeah, why didn't they heal him? By the way, they could do exorcisms and things mm-hmm. too. They could do some of these things back then that were somewhat, mor- well, miraculous. Right. Right. You wonder what they were doing, actually. But here, this man was used. He was used mm-hmm. to entrap Jesus. Right. That's how insidious this is. Yeah. This, this, they were using the man to trap Jesus into to making a mistake so they could accuse him of breaking the law of, on the Sabbath. Right. And so here this man is standing there. I don't know if he wanted his hand healed or not. Yeah. Guess what? He had a surprise that day and so did the Pharisees. Yeah. What did they do with the surprise? That's beyond this but right. the point is Jesus is saying something pretty profound here by going to the sheep mm-hmm. I think you want to go into that what's the sheep got to do with it versus healing this man what's a sheep getting pulled out of the pit what's what's the value of that sheep to the Pharisees and what's the value of this man to the Pharisees right. And if you look at it, the sheep is actually more valuable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To the Pharisees, because yeah. it's, it is something they will look after. That's something they will sell for a price, for a sacrifice, if it's, if it's of the quality. And Jesus is kind of pushing that point. Wouldn't you take a sheep out of the pit? This man is way more valuable he had just covered that, like you said, the bird, mm-hmm. the birds can fall, and and God, God will right. not. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, it. yeah, he calls he calls it out, you know, uh, 
And here's the other thing. France says that, uh, let me get this right. It says the withered hand was literally dry, i.e. lifeless, perhaps paralyzed. Uh, The man was thus not in imminent danger uh, of death which alone justified treatment on the Sabbath according to the Mishnah, Yama 8, 6, uh, he could just as well be healed the next day. And so what happened was, was by the Pharisees bringing this man to the, to, to the synagogue, Jesus in public ministered to the man and the whole congregation at the request of the Pharisee. You know, he turned it around. He turned it around. You know, he didn't say, bring me your, you know, they shoved him out there and said, here, <laughs> you know, is it, he tells that man to stretch out his hand, which was impossible for him to do at the time. And he stretched it out and was healed. That that just blowed up in their face. And uh, as most things did, you know, the man's hand was withered, but God's mercy had still prevailed and preserved him to use his feet. That's how he got there. He walked. The man's hand was withered. He had one hand that didn't work. Both his feet did, and his other arm did. And Jesus heals him there where he is. What does Jesus do when we come to salvation? Where are we? He meets us where? Right where we are. We don't have to go anywhere else. We don't have to do anything else. Jesus met the man where he was. And see, Christ sometimes used ceremony for laying his hands and doing God's work. And sometimes he didn't. But this time he did and it wasn't at his beckoning. And it was a miracle. It was a miracle. It was a sign. Right. They didn't get it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. You know, a sign of what was done by his power. That's what that sign was. And and then what did the Pharisees do in the next thing? What did they repay uh, Jesus for doing this to their their man in their synagogue. What did they repay him with? Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against them how they might destroy him. Kill him. Yeah. So they 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 uh, saw something that was a miracle and something he did good and they decided mm-hmm. um, they decided they might as well murder the guy. That's right. That's right. Uh, so they're going to murder a guy for Doing good on the yeah, Sabbath. Right. This, this is so black and white, and Jesus is showing how far away they are. It's no wonder John says, Man, uh, Jesus was the light and came into the world, mm-hmm. and man could not comprehend it because he was in darkness. It, and we all are. Now you understand why John the Baptist called him a brood of vipers. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. These guys are plotting to kill a guy for doing good. If you can kill somebody for doing good, what's to stop you from killing somebody for doing evil? Or anything. Or anything. Yeah. 
I mean, what's to stop you from taking somebody's land? What's to stop you from wiping out a whole family because you like what they have? You can justify it. And, and, and here you have the religious leaders of the country plotting to kill the Messiah, which they don't recognize as the Messiah, but what they see is a threat to their system and power. Because he's publicly calling them out on their 600 and some rules they made up. I think they think they're doing it in the name mm-hmm. of God. Uh, they were so self-righteous that they thought they were serving God. Right. Yep. It's just totally bad. And in the next verse it says, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, on the Sabbath. <laughs> Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, uh, Behold my shepherd, who I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to all the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory and in his name Gentiles will trust. Pharisees blasphemy the Holy Spirit in the next section. Well, this it is profound. Amazing. Yes. The 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 part that I referred to earlier that is the longest uh, fulfillment is Isaiah forty two, one to three. And this is this is called the suffering servant. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a little excursus here. Go ahead, go ahead. And uh, before we start into this, but um, this section I have is Jesus, the the healing servant. But in Isaiah, he's called the suffering servant. The suffering servant is there's four suffering servant songs. I'll I'll just read them out. Forty two. 1 to 9, 49, 1 to 7, 50, 4 to 11. And you all know 52, 13 to Isaiah 53, all of it, all 12 verses. But you, there's a little bit before in 52 that really actually starts the 15 verse, um, Isaiah 53. Incidentally, side note, 53 is the primary reason Jews come to the New Testament and to Christ. There is no other more profound and more powerful scripture to the Jewish person who follows their Jewish scriptures and believe in them than Isaiah 53. But the servant, the servant who is suffering in the minds of the Jews today is themselves individually and themselves as a nation. This is done by Bach and Brown. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of them, mm-hmm. they have various um, books. Mm-hmm. The one I'm talking about is Jewish Interpretation of Isaiah 53, 
But both of these guys have have made the point in talking to the rabbinical literature and also to the early rabbis, Rashi, Ibn, and Ezra, and Radak, the four theologians in the Judaism, all four of these in some regard call this corporate servant Israel, not Jesus. They call it Israel. So they're locked in this mistaken idea that Isaiah is talking about them and not about Jesus. So they've gone on into the world to do good, to to take the harsh treatment and the persecution in the name of God for the for the actual salvation of the nations right. is what they're doing. That's exactly what they're saying. And and it's very this this one long suffering servant mm-hmm. um, scripture that's quoted here, Isaiah 42, 1 to 3, I think it is. 1 to 4. Or 1 to 4? <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, is, is what what is um, the the beginning of, of this thinking of well, the Jewish Yeah, people. well, what it is, it, it, it demonstrates uh, that contrary to the typical first century thinking, um, the Messiah would not arrive with fanfare. He would not arrive with military conquest or political conquest. He would rely. He would arrive meekly, mildly, and would be eventually accepted by the Gentiles. He would not. He had not come to conquer. He he come to offer salvation, and and, uh, and eventually even to the Gentiles. You know, he, he made specific instructions for them not to go to the Gentiles. And, and what did he say? Their time has not arrived. And uh, and then you you get back to it, you know, when they talk about a bruised reed. I think this is interesting. Yes. The bru- the, a bruised reed. All right. What shepherds would do would take a reed and they would bend it. And they would use it as a musical instrument. And once it bruised and cracked, it was useless. And so that was it. And, and, and uh, smoking flax was a re- was was a illustration they would have all understood. A smoldering wick puts out no light. And so what he was telling them is, is that look, you have people here that are supposed to be carrying this message to you, and their and their instrument is cracked and useless, and their light. Is 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 a, a smoldering wick. It's not putting out any light, and that he's hanging, and Isaiah hung it on the Pharisees of the first century. Yep. There, there's another take on this, and I don't I don't counter that. I right. like uh, like what you said. Yeah. Uh, David Platt mm-hmm. um, is a preacher, right, and. He's saying Jesus isn't going to proclaim loudly in the streets. He's not going to shout things. He's not going to make commands and 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 proclaim ultimatums to the people. He won't even crush the weakest reed. He right. won't bruise right. the forlorn, the marginalized. 
He will not put out the little bitty fire of faith that, and this is his that, that, That's exactly right. Not, not the I, I stopped short. Whisk, or, but I'm you're sorry. good. You're good. No, you're good. You go but, ahead. But I like David Platt's um, uh, take on this right. because he gets passionate about this, and he's a preacher, and I'm not. And he, what he's he's saying is that. Jesus was there to uplift these people that were downtrodden and been stomped into the ground by the Pharisees and lift them up and and rekindle the flame on that smoldering right. uh, he was bit there, of faith they had. He was there to restore the reed right. to usefulness and to restore the light to those who had lost it. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did good. You did good. I just yeah, didn't know yeah. you had you, that. Uh, yeah, I, I had, but you did great. Uh, and he healed, you know, and prior to this statement, he healed them all. Multitudes. Multitudes. He healed them all. That's like Billy... I think of that a multitude as like a Billy Graham crusade. Multitudes came down and were saved. You know, he's healing multitudes. Think about this. They all traveled by foot. I bet the cloud of dust of them walking you could see for miles coming. You, you know, because you, you watched them old westerns on TV when you was a kid and you could tell somebody's coming and by the cloud of dust how big it was. Oh, this ain't good. There's a whole bunch coming. You know, uh, well, he's walking and there's this cloud of dust and they're headed to your town. You know, who's coming? And they probably send somebody out to see what was happening and they go running back. It's Jesus, you know. Uh, and so those who were glad to see him were glad they were coming there and those who were not were preparing to confront him uh, but it, you know I think this is probably a good place to stop for the, for this week don't you right this because is, the next this is fulfillment this is, in Matthew and right. he hasn't he's been true to form right. and he's he's bringing the fulfillment of the Old Testament and right. he's not taking any prisoners no nope. And then we get to see what happens when people are confronted with the truth. And they don't like it. What do they start doing? Making excuses and saying things they shouldn't say. And so we'll pick up next week uh, in verse 22 where the Pharisees blasphemy the Holy Spirit. Any questions? Any comments? Really? Nobody's got a question? Nobody's got a comment? Break out the test. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have a uh, we have an essay form test. 250 words. Be judged on penmanship and, and uh, grammar. Proper punctuation. <laughs> Man, I'm glad them days hey, is over. Comments? Anybody have any comments? Oh, and it must be double spaced so I can make oh, comments. Double spaced. <laughs> Footnote. Yes. Cite all your resources. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Well, if there's no questions and no comments, then we'll we'll close in prayer and uh, we'll prepare for Sunday. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Our most glorious Lord God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask you to bless our time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your understanding and guidance. Lord, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells us. We pray that 
People will take what's said tonight, glean from it what they will, and apply it to their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.